0: Hour number three kicking off here in the White Claw Sells or Studios. Before we get to winners and losers of the weekend, let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring on Roberto. Roberto, thanks for joining the show. The floor is yours,
1: guys. Good morning. Morning. Hey, buddy. Pretty good. Pretty good weekend to be of all. Oh yeah. You know, falling short in extras against Oklahoma kind of sucked, but man. You know, I, I have a, I have a negative to lead off with in that, and then I, it's all positive from there about the baseball team. But my my one question to you guys is, three-game stretch, we left 25 runners on base. I, I said after game two we might let the clutch team a little bit. I think each game we left the bases loaded, if I recall correctly. Is that worrisome to you guys, or is it still really early for you?
0: Well, yeah, it's clearly really early for me. I do think that, you know, Vitello kind of joked about it and said, yeah, we left a lot of guys on base. But the good news is you got to get on base to be left on base. So, hopefully our good hitters part. improve with timely hitting, you know, throughout the season. I'll give them credit. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, I guess I should say, that that's something they'll yep. improve on throughout the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, thinking it all the way through, does the University of Tennessee have the best two transfers? Yeah, I, I tweeted it last night. But do they have the best two transfers in their respective sports in college athletics this year?
0: This year, so you got Dalton Connect, you got yep, Billy Amick. and Billy Amick. Yeah, both of those guys. I mean, I can't think. I mean, baseball season's so new that, like, you know, I don't know if there's somebody out there like a – I know there's no Paul Skeens, but I don't know if LSU's got – Right.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's too early to well, say. Well, really,
1: you know what's funny is Paul Skeens wasn't a complete non-miss. I mean, like when I say non-miss, like, he, he wasn't a can't-miss guy when he was leaving Air Force. He really wasn't. I mean – Like, people wanted him.
0: I don't know. He, he was already projected to be, like, a top-five pick when he got to LSU.
1: I mean, he was a catcher his – well, he's a catcher slash pitcher at three. Air Force,
0: yeah, but he he was projected as a top five pick because I remember having the okay. conversation whenever we were in the mix as a him. pitcher, uh, yeah, yeah, because I remember having okay. the conversation. I did remember that, John. Yeah, I remember having the conversation that you know if Tennessee had gotten him, that you might have three top ten draft picks because at the time you know you might have number one and number two with him and Dollander, and then people still thought Maui Auna was a top ten prospect at the time. So That's he he, he was clearly not. Yeah, he, he was projected there.
2: Roberto, there's a
1: so unlike. Ahuna's you know, close to 400 batting average two years ago and Billy Amick's hitting four thirteen last year in the ACC are totally different, in my opinion, after watching them. Ahuna came out of the gates exceptionally slow. I think Billy Amick – I mean, Tennessee has two, if not three, legit, legit SEC Player of the Year candidates on their team right now in baseball. Uh, Amick, for sure. I would say Christian Moore, for sure, and and uh, Dryling on the outside. I won't I mean, go that far with they're him really good. with
0: Dryling but, uh, in terms of player of the year, but he looked really good so far.
1: You're saying about Dryling? Yeah, uh, yeah, so I won't there.
0: go that far for him just yet.
1: Well, I mean, it, again, that, that may be – and it may not be this year, it's necessarily uh, – I, mean, I guess my implication was I just meant eventually – uh, at their career at Tennessee. I mean, he could be SEC player of the year before he leaves here. He has a pure swing. He's a great fielder. He's exceptionally fast. Um, hey, correct me if I'm wrong,
0: but coming into the weekend, people were more pumped up for Cannon Peebles than Amick. I feel, it almost felt like he had been kind of uh, a little bit of an afterthought because it had all been talking about, you know, Peebs and – and actually having somebody yeah. now with the bat and, you know, with the catching ability and all that.
2: I think there's a little more mystery to Cannon Peebles maybe than okay. Amic. I think you knew what you were getting with Amic, obviously, mm-hmm. with his, like, production that you got at Clemson. You knew what he was coming in and, and giving you at third base. But Peebles is a guy that has got a ton of potential and a lot of untapped potential, I think. But Amic just looks mm-hmm. like a, a big leaguer already.
1: Yeah, well, that – and I think I think Cannon Peebles is also at the need position from last year. Mm-hmm right yeah for sure and you got a superstar catcher to transfer in at the need from last year so everybody was like okay this guy's the truth or whatever amick is the third baseman we didn't know we need hey you know one name that i didn't think about all weekend guys god god you know respecting what he's going through zane didn't i didn't think about it one time this weekend
0: yeah i think that's uh, completely fair I think that's completely fair.
1: Um, and, and I'm not mad at him. I You know, I, the rumor is he has some mental health issues going on, and I pray for him, and I hope he's okay because mental health issues suck. Um, but I just think that this team, as long as they get I, – I use the word clutch very lightly. As long as they get timely hitting uh, moving forward in the next, you know, obviously three, four months, this is another team that Tony Vitello, you know, He's probably going to put in the College World Series again. And I think we found our third starter last night. That's the other thing I want to say. You know, we've been, I mean, A.J. Russell looks like an SEC ace. Beam looks like an SEC ace. And Nate Sneed looks like an SEC weekend starter as well. He looked dominant, almost completely dominant last night. I, I just thought he was really good. He had one bad inning. I, I think Tennessee just found their third starter. We've got – I mean, John Stamos' nephew, is that what we're calling him? Un- Uncle Chrissy. Uncle Chrissy. Um, yeah, I mean, is he really Stamos' nephew? Somebody said that, and I was I like, maybe I don't, he is. He is. I don't think but so. But it's been a while since we had a hard-throwing lefty, like a hard-throwing lefty coming out of the bullpen. I think he's got potential to really be a guy that's a stopper for us. They clearly like him. And I still don't even know if we've seen our most dominant arms out of the bullpen. I'm just, I'm not 100% sure. Um, guys, I hope you have a great day, and uh, thanks for hearing me out.
3: Appreciate it. See you, buddy. Um, one of the listeners wrote in, too, another guy to be thinking about for SEC Player of the Year would be um, Joe Caglionone.
2: Yeah, Jack Caglion from from Florida. He's nasty. Yeah, he's a beast. George's got a kid, Charlie Condon, who's really good.
0: Is Cagliani Is he the? Is he the Shohei Itani? Yeah, is he the guy, guy that he's is he's a two-way, two-way player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas
2: A&M also has a two-way player. That's who I was going to mention when Roberto was talking about best transfers. Uh, this kid's also a two-way. So I guess Amick might be the best position transfer. But this kid was a two-way player from Stanford. Um, you know, like a, a, kind of another Shohei type guy. Was a an ace for them and batted like 320.
0: Yeah, that's why I couldn't go as far as saying Tennessee had the best transfers in both sports. Like, basketball, I think, yeah. Like, I don't don't think there's anybody that's been as impactful as Dalton Connects. Hunter Dickinson, good on you. You made the right decision. You got off a sinking ship with Jawan Howard in Michigan. You got to stable Kansas, but you haven't been as impactful as Dalton Connect. Baseball, far too early to tell, and there's so much more talent from smaller schools that come up to these places and then, you know, just – I also just don't have the knowledge of, of the sport to make that.
2: He's one of the best for sure, though. I mean, he was a huge get. Yeah, he and he'll continue to, to be a big name for you.
0: But also, like, I, I do think Tennessee did the right thing in the transfer portal by going out and getting a third baseman and getting a catcher. Like, those are the two positions you probably needed more than anything, especially with the way Zane Ditton situations worked out. I haven't heard the mental health stuff. I know Vitello told media members it was more so just like hey it's a eligibility issue when it comes to when he thought he was going pro some agency stuff and 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 that they're kind of waiting there for clearance there i don't know what's going on in zane's mind i know his family was disappointed when the draft came and went and he wasn't picked i'm sure that would feel like failure i'm sure that would you know take a toll on someone i don't know though but you didn't miss him at third base. Roberto was right about that. You you did upgrade at third base. Denton was very clutch for you, so maybe if you're looking for timely hitting, maybe if you had him in the in you know in a DH spot or somewhere and move some things around, maybe that would be somebody that you could rely on to get some big hits. You know, same as Jared Dickey, you missed him just from last year's team and it come to timely hitting. But I think Tennessee's going to be fine when it comes to their lineup. I I I'm not worried about Tennessee's lineup at all. Maybe that's something that I'm going to regret saying, but I think we'll be just fine. I'm still my focus is still on like that third starter. I know Sam, you said that you thought Xander showed some stuff, and maybe he did.
2: Sneed, I'm more in on Sneed than more Xander. More on Sneed, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you think Sneed is going to get that third? Yeah, starter?
2: I think Sneed will kind of end up being that guy. Okay. I mean, he was a he was. Pumping triple digits there for a little bit. Yeah, for yeah, some reason a, I thought
0: you Xander because I'd said that you know yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. maybe that got, makes more sense now. He almost got ran in the first inning. Yeah, I was no, no, no. Yeah. Uh,
2: I thought Sneed, when he came in for Xander. Yeah, he he his first His first inning was tough, but then after that he was he was lights out. I'm with Roberto. I think that kind of ends up being your third starter. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, you, got, you both are saying we found her a third star. Yeah. But he just wasn't yeah. a gut star. I
2: think Xander kind of ends up being more of a flip into the back of the bullpen, you know, just kind of being a, a utility guy, long reliever in some certain spots, midweek game type of guy. But I think Sneed's the guy long term.
0: Which, by the way, feel free to tell me I'm an idiot if I get mixed up like that. If we're, basic, right. if we're talking about two different people. Because, I mean, I knew that they were two different people, but I, I thought we were talking about the actual starter. <laughs> it was an A.J. An – AJ, uh... No, no, because at first I didn't really realize those were two different people, <laughs> okay. I don't think. I, I think I was just uh, completely confusing them. I do know in this scenario that they were two different pitchers. I just yeah, yeah. thought we were talking about the starter. Gotcha, gotcha. Because, you know, I went back and was mentioning how, you know, if it wasn't for that catch in the first inning, it maybe gets blown out. So you're saying Snead, who came in after, that's your Sneed
2: pick. Snead gave up like a triple when he first came right, in right, as right. well, too. So, yeah. yeah, I thought that's what you are talking about. No, though. no, I thought on the, the diving same diving
0: catch yet. that – you know, it was made by by Ensley to save a, a two-run double or a triple like that. That's what I was talking about because like, it was it was ugly. Yeah, they'd already had one in and had two on and no out. So, okay, on the same page now.
2: Sneed's the transfer from uh, Wichita State. Yeah, 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 yep.
0: Yeah, if he could come in and be that third starter, and the third starter is not gonna have to to be great, I don't think.
2: Right, like Ryan was saying, you know, if it's a guy that can just come in and allow two to three runs, you know, I think you've got. You're feeling confident enough with your offense where that's the output that you can feel good about getting a win in a
3: weekend game. Vitello even said that, right, yeah. in some yeah. of his post-game stuff. It's like, hey, man, we're going to have some 10-9 games. It's going to happen. So, All right, we'll get to winners and losers of the weekend coming
0: up after the break. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. eBay. Winners and losers of the weekend brought to you by SM Athletics. You can look like a winner while your opponents look like losers. This spring sports season, if you have uniform, equipment, screen print, or embroidery needs, give SM Athletics a call. Excellent customer service, great products at a fair price, and when they say it is done, it's done right and on time every time. Don't chance it with unreliable mega stores or online orders. Give SM Athletics a call at 865 966 3434. That's 865 966 3434. You can visit online at smathletics.com. Winners and losers of the weekend. Bob, who won this weekend, in your opinion?
3: Well, I'll keep it on topic for where we've been uh, speaking of the Tennessee baseball team and what I was going to say. It's not just wins that I'm referring to. It's really about the hype surrounding this program. Uh, I mean, if you see how much, just on social media this past weekend, how many people were talking about Oh, hell, do I have to subscribe? I want to watch them, so do I subscribe to this Flow TV thing? There was all that chatter. I can speak firsthand uh, on Rocky Top Insider. Our site blew up this weekend because of Tennessee baseball. Um, so it's kind of like Tennessee baseball school now. You know, it's it's really happening. And so I, I think they're, just the whole vibe around them at the beginning of the season, it's it's pretty amazing if you think back to where this was As a program five years ago you know it's it's pretty amazing i have to say that's one of my winners this winner is this a little more personal and this is uh from basketball and it's our guy cam carr and the reason i say this is uh did any of you see his post-game press conference i did not i did yeah i mean he's incredibly well spoken he is yeah very positive this kid's gonna he's got a chance to be a star. I think he recognizes his role. He shoots a hell of a lot, but he can play, obviously. I think I'm I'm so excited about him for next season. I really am. He was a fun interview, yeah. Yeah.
2: They asked him, they were like, Have you ever met a shot that you don't like? And he just leans in and he was like,
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. He was a great
0: interview, man. He was unbelievable. Well, I'm glad that he is not lacking any confidence on the mic either, because he plays with confidence, which is kind of funny. For somebody who doesn't get to play a lot, you know, to still have that confidence. So it probably does take a special person to not lose any any faith in yourself whenever you're not getting the minutes you're used to because, I mean, he's a top-ranked prospect. And there's going to be a, a chance. The Tennessee basketball team is going to look a lot different next year. Like, yeah. you know, Vescovy and James have been here for so long. Connects made such a big impact in, in one year, of course. But there's going to be minutes at the wing, and there's going to be some new faces. So, yeah, I mean, he could definitely be a star – player next year and not only just a personality that's funny and quirky but like actually be a big impactful player if he puts the work in this offseason and it kind of you know de- continues to develop the body and, and play defense and he does seem like a player's going to drive rick barnes crazy though yeah I, 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 feel, I can already hear those complaints coming from rick barnes
3: i feel a little uh jordan mccray in him for some reason yeah. like as far as game and sure. everything else and i felt like he probably drove Conzo crazy a little bit too um he definitely drove Pearl crazy when he was there. But, uh, and then my third, I wanted to find something for the NBA All-Star Weekend, but it's hard. Steph and Sabrina, maybe. But my third was a little more personal, and that is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Michael J. Fox. Um, he came out to present uh, the best film award at the BAFTA Awards, which are basically the British Oscars, um, their, their version of it, the Oscars, so to speak, and he came out in a wheelchair. And um, then got up out of the chair, stood up, got a standing ovation. There were people crying. I mean, it's just, it's just tough to watch somebody who was such a megastar, and he's fighting it. I think with great courage and everything. But you know, this is you know, Parkinson's is a losing battle ultimately. There's just no way to get around that. And um, it's just, it's, it's tough for me to watch. Thinking back to my. You know, younger years and seeing you know how electric he was as a as a film star, TV star, what have you, and see this. But uh, man, he's taking it head on, and um, it was really impressive. So, for the, from that perspective, I just I considered him a, a, a winner for me this weekend.
0: My winners of the weekend number three. I went with Hideki Matsuyama, a four million dollar paycheck, but also getting the vibes trending in the right direction. You know, heading into the Masters, you're, what, six weeks away from that or so, six or seven weeks away from that. So to start playing good golf and, and to get back in the winner's circle had to feel a, a, like a good day for him. To shoot a 62 and to, you know, hawk everybody down and and to get that win. It felt important for him. Number two, I went with women hoopers. You know, I thought uh, we've had Caitlin Clark. Kind of be in the the center, you know, the scope, the you know, be a centerfold celebrity when it comes to women's basketball. But we we added a couple other ones. I thought Sabrina Ionescu really showed out. I, I thought that she carried herself really well during the All Star festivities. Candace Parker on the call of the All Star game. I thought she was great. But then my girl Juju Watkins. Uh, did you see our stat line last night? Oh, yeah. Did you oh, see her stat yeah. line, the USC guard? We talked about her scoring 50 oh, yeah. points a couple weeks ago. Did you see her stat line? Did not. Crazy uh, efficient. Six of 32 from the field last <laughs> night. <laughs> Ooh. And maybe the, my favorite part, they got a win. Maybe my favorite part is six of 32 with one assist. <laughs> I saw she you. shot the ball 32 times and passed the ball for an assist one time.
2: I saw a great tweet that said, like, uh, the rest of the team has got to just have a separate group chat without her in it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they have to, right? Or maybe they don't. Maybe maybe that's what type of Hooper she is. I don't know. But, like, I, I, I loved the confidence. And they won. And, yeah, like, I do wonder how her teammates felt. But they, they kept passing her the ball. So, <laughs>
3: how great would it be if we found out she was a relative of Cam Carr?
0: Yeah. She's from L.A. You know, maybe got a little Kobe Bryant in her as well. Who knows? But... Or I don't know if she's from L.A. She plays for USC. I guess I shouldn't say she's from L.A. But I couldn't help but think of her and, and Kobe and maybe even a little Nick Young, Swaggy P type of mentality because to shoot 30 times while only dishing out one assist, I, I do believe, makes her a winner. So, women hoopers, they were my number two winner of the weekend. Number one, though, I went with nostalgia. Nostalgia. I felt it during the Vanderbilt game. I felt it during All-Star Weekend as people are crying about, man, the, the, the – slam dunk contest used to be so much better and the all-star game people used to care about it and then on friday night bob i don't know if you saw the rock came out in his 500 hundred dollar shirts and <laughs> called the people of utah trailer park trash and talked about their 50 wives and <laughs> went full hill i heard about it i didn't see it yeah it went, went, went full hill came out he had the shirt on It's like oh this is how it felt in the 90s here we go and then yeah then proceeded to to say that Utah broke a record, he's like, "Congrats to all of you guys! Twenty thousand people. That's the state of Utah record for the biggest gathering of a bunch of dumb idiots, a bunch of trailer park trash." Are you talking? No, Indiana, right? Well, no, no. The Rock it was on SmackDown. Oh,
3: I see what you're on saying. On Friday, he wasn't. I got you.
0: He okay. came out and got a promo in Salt Lake City. I follow you. And okay. then went hill against the people of Salt Lake City. Yeah, and said that it was the biggest gathering God, of, of trailer old. park trash, and talked about them with their fifty wives and. You know, you know, went on with that. I thought he lost it a little bit the promo, but at least the hillside was there, and you combined all that up. I made nostalgia my biggest winner of the weekend.
3: (laughs) Well, it's funny that you could, uh, I could associate that with my home state. That not necessarily the wives, but all the other stuff. It just felt like home when I heard that.
0: Well, I was going to ask. You said fifty wives. was like is that how they get down in Indiana? I'd never heard that before. No. Sam, any winners we missed?
2: Um, I had two here. I had uh, Tennessee baseball transfers. I mean, Bob kind of touched on that one but I think all transfers in your Tennessee baseball team played great you had uh Causey in the first game you know Stamos all the pitchers really Stamos Causey and Sneed Amick looked great so I think those transfers looked awesome and then uh I also had Dondi Plowman uh going into the into the crowd doing doing the swag surf with the students I think uh She's obviously a, a fan favorite and a student favorite around campus right now, and she just continues to do great things.
0: We've come such a long way from her shutting down the parties. We have. We during have. During COVID. We have. She's a legend, man. I didn't know that song was going to have so much hang time. I wonder if they knew it whenever they created Swag Surf, if, <laughs> if 12 years later people are going to be doing it. We did that at my high school sections. basketball well, game, saying. Too, the song's like. at least a decade old. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, when I hear it, I think of – Lil Wayne's Freestyle, that was like, I want to say the, was it No Ceilings? Was that what that was on? That was like my freshman or sophomore year of college parties and stuff. So, like, I mean, it's, that was 09. So, yeah, it's a 15-year-old song. Man, timeless. It kind of, I don't want to say timeless because, I mean, eventually (laughs) I think eventually maybe we end it. But, like, you know, I don't know if 40 years from now we'll be swag surfing. So, I I do feel like there's eventually an expiration date. But (laughs) maybe not. Maybe they just keep doing it, and then it'll just become tradition, and and, and we'll continue doing it.
3: Nostalgia. That plays into there, too. Nostalgia. The there you, there go, you go. There you
0: go. Nostalgia.
3: Who lost this weekend, Bob? All right. NBA All-Star Weekend. We've already talked about it in general terms. Um, 168 three-pointers. The, did you see, towards the end of the game, the whole touch pass play that yeah. the West did, where they didn't the ball didn't touch the floor, and they were saying that was maybe an homage to Bill Walton and John Wooden, it's like, hell no, it wasn't. They don't even know who he is. They were just playing a game. And I saw somebody also call it the, the dribbles and giggles classic, which I thought was pretty, pretty funny, really, because that's all they do. They all laugh. Really what bothered me, though, the most is the loser of that NBA All-Star weekend could be, depending upon how you look at it, either C.J. Stroud or Houston Texans fans. He played in that Celebrity Pro-Am game and played hard, and it's like, man, you've got, like, a generational quarterback out there. Is that really what you want to do? I mean, I'm sure he probably accepted that invitation a month or two ago or whenever they planned that game. I wouldn't get near that if I was him. Micah Parsons was Yeah, was was it Micah in it? Yeah. Yeah, and he was. And Puka, Puka. Micah Parsons was balling, and Puka had a fast break dunk. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Those guys. Why? Why would you do that, man? (laughs) If I'm a fan of those teams, I'm like, please get the hell off the court. I don't know. That's a loser to me. The other loser, and this one hits home, is a team that <sighs> they got ranked this week in college basketball, and then they've gone Man. out and basically soiled themselves. Indiana yep. State. They, uh, oh,
2: now, they, the have, they have
3: gone from being ranked in one of the darlings in college basketball to now they might have to win their conference tournament to get into the tournament because they lost both their games this week to two teams, one that had a losing record. The other one was okay, but not a, not a tournament team by any stretch. Pretty sad to see. The other one that's falling quickly, and we've talked about it, but I'm happy to see it. They lost again yesterday. They got smoked was Memphis. Mm-hmm. It was only three weeks ago, not less than a month ago, that they were ranked 10th in the country. And uh, now they're 3-6 and six or 3-7 and seven in conference. And it clearly, um, hey, if there was tournament expansion like we talked about, they'd make the tournament. But they, they, they are on the outside looking in right now. And then my third is... St. John's hoops and we talked a little about this with Patino but again think about this if you've got a kid who's being recruited by St. John's right now by Rick Patino based on what I heard yesterday it'd be hard if you're you know getting recruited by somebody else why wouldn't you why would you why would you go there I'd run from that he was making comments not only about the players but about that the facilities are some of the worst in college basketball but we're working on it all this other stuff. I mean, it was just – it was like John Calipari on steroids because Cal is always talking about the other team hit all their shots, we're young, all that stuff. This was much worse. I just think it was like a horrible sales job if you're trying to rebuild a once iconic basketball program.
0: Yeah. I mean, I imagine that if you're Patino, you – you know. not care. Well, you could probably justify it by saying, I'm putting down the facilities to try to motivate some of the high-dollar people to spend – but maybe not. Maybe Bettino's like, ah, you know what? My my swan song's not going to be great here. So I'm just going to let the chopper spray and blame everybody except myself. My my players suck and my facilities suck. That was your last loser?
3: That was my last loser.
0: My losers of the weekend. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this name right. I'm going to guess I'm not. But Matt Massiangelo. No. Massangelo. Matt Massangelo. Oh, did you guys see him over the weekend? I did. He was the college baseball player who I think through yeah. eight plate appearances had been hit seven times. I don't know what his final tally ended up being, but I know they came back and hit him on on Sunday morning as well. So I think uh, eight of seven of his eight first plate appearances ended up with him getting hit by a pitch. And on one hand, it's cool, like hey, haha, I'm so <laughs> tough, and now people know my name, kind of. On the other hand, I'm sure he's bruised up. Oh yeah. And you don't want to be known to the women in your life as a guy that can't get out of the way of the – you know, because they'll be like, why don't you just move? The ball's coming. Why don't, why don't you just get out of the way? You don't want to be known as that guy, so he, he's a loser of the weekend.
2: He's on base percentage is a winner.
0: Sure. Yeah. But, again, people in his life know that it's not because of anything he did. Right. You ever seen Major League, Sam?
2: You ever seen Moneyball? They don't care how you get on base. Just get on base. Yeah, I know, but have you
0: seen Major League? <laughs> I have. Have yes. you seen Major League, too? Yeah. Do you want to be Roger Dorn? <laughs> no. Who's just got, gets to sit out there and take a pitch? <laughs> He buys the damn team. He has to come out and just get hit in the back, get on base. I mean, his own base percentage of the game was great. Sam, he had one plate appearance and got on base. But he was known as the guy who got hit in the back and then immediately subbed out to run for. My second biggest loser of the weekend, I was kind of in the same place as you were, Bob. I went with Rick Pitino's players. Not so much Rick Pitino, not so much St. John's, but... Rick Pitino's players, I mean, that had to suck to just have to have that go viral and him talking about how miserable he is and you lose again and all the women in your life are looking at you like a loser and now your coach hates you. <laughs> now all your friends are texting you and calling you. Your mom wants to know what's going on. If if she needs to call coach and complain <laughs> about what, what what he's saying about her baby boy, you're just a loser. It's tough. But my biggest loser of the weekend – Former NBA players that coach college basketball in Tennessee. Penny Hardaway and Jerry Stackhouse, the dynamic duo from the weekend, both embarrassed. Stackhouse and Penny, I don't know, are they they both headed for unemployment this offseason? Do you think Penny gets removed, or do you think
3: Penny gets like a, you know, a deal where he has to kind of prove it or lose it next year? I think he might have one more season. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it really depends. I mean, if they go and continue to just collapse, and they have a short run in the the mighty AAC conference tournament, and uh, it 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 could still go s- further south than it has. It's
0: embarrassing, and he's 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 one of those people. He's like Dabo Sweeney, that cannot handle when things are bad. Right. Put a microphone in front of him after a loss, and you're going to get some
3: type of quote that makes everyone kind of cringe. Remember the Florida Atlantic loss in the first round of the tournament last season? Well, I was going to say they gagged that away. They they completely blew that game. I remember he, like, threw something, like, across the floor at the end. You know, the game was over, but, like, threw a bottle, you know, a water bottle or something. He's he's tough to watch. Ever since he got kind of, in my opinion, disrespectful of Barnes in that uh, couple of years ago, I've kind of I've lost some uh, – I've lost some respect for the dude, not a fan.
0: Well, you know that Rob Lanier had to feel pretty good about that game yesterday, right? Rob oh, Lanier, yeah. the coach at SMU, he was Rick Barnes' right-hand man for a while here at Tennessee. You know he had to feel kind of good about it, right? I don't think he was here when when Penny and them canceled the game during COVID. He was gone by then, but I will say he was probably here during the balled-up fist and the disrespect. So, <laughs> at least to get, get, get Barnes' back a little bit. Nah, I agree. And then, yeah, Stackhouse, I mean, he's the same way. He's not long for that world either. So, NBA coach, former NBA players that coach college basketball in the NBA, that's my biggest loser of the weekend. Sam, anybody we missed?
2: Um, I had LeBron, Uh, his retirement tour, saying that he was 50-50 on whether or not he's going to be doing a retirement tour. I think we all know the answer to that question. <laughs> Um,
0: the fact that you say you don't know if you want a retirement tour is kind of you wanting a longer retirement right. tour. You want people to a <laughs> yeah. Look, I like LeBron. Some of the stuff he does is really cringy. Yeah, like, this yeah. is cringy. And then to respond to getting swept by the Mavericks or by the Nuggets last year and immediately come out and be like, yeah, you know, I might retire. This might have been it for me. Shut the hell up. No, you weren't going to retire last year. You wanted to make that the story and get your flowers rather than let – People talk about how the Nuggets swept you out of the playoffs. Come on. Yeah. Come on.
2: Come on. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is another loser of the weekend for me. Um, He's the best golfer in the world, tee to green, and then you get him onto a putting green, and he suddenly doesn't know how to play golf anymore. He was top of of the field in pretty much all of these stats, tee to green, and then he's last in the field in putting. Um. It it really is sad because it's a guy that is still one of the most dominant players in the world right now, uh, and he just is losing like probably three or four tournaments a year to bad putting.
3: Him and Finau both, right? I mean, yeah. is another one who can crush it and then just melts down at, mm-hmm. on the green. Yep. Um, yeah.
2: And my last loser was uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if y'all saw this this clip, but...
0: Of him at UFC? Yeah. Okay, explain this to me. Because so, I saw a tweet about it, and I saw a picture about it. Like, look, <laughs> any further into the story.
2: So he, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, you obviously know he's gotten into, into mixed martial arts and doing drinking jiu-jitsu blood, and stuff like that. Drinking yeah, blood, blood of people. <laughs> and uh, he ends up walking out with one of the fighters this weekend. Um, and he's basically, like, one of his... You know cornerman cutman guy and the guy's taking his socks and shoes off and taking his shirt off and passing his shoes down the row and every single member of their team is like getting a garment of their clothing and passing it off to someone important and zuckerberg's just standing in the corner just like trying to grab something to make himself feel important and nothing is coming his way he just looks so awkward and everyone on twitter was going after him
0: do we know if he's helping like bankroll this fighter at all i don't know that's a good question like pay for his camp or like you know help with some training just to kind of learn and like be a part of like that entourage that because, would be a good uh trade-off yeah because like in ufc like you know you are in you're basically a contractor right like you yeah, take care 100%. of your own camp you pay for everything yourself so mm-hmm. I, I wonder if like he is helping because i mean he's got obviously more money than he knows what to do with and he's training and it does bother me a little bit that zuckerberg could kick my ass it does bother me a little bit.
2: Just because he looks like a nerd?
0: Well, you know, he is a nerd. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like a nerd. I mean, he, he is, is a nerd. nerd. Sure. Yeah, he is a nerd. There's no looking like <laughs> it. I mean, he does. I will say in this picture here, he looks cooler than he usually does. In this one picture I'm looking at from this, like, because usually looks way nerdier. And, like, I think of, at first when I think of Mark Zuckerberg, I think of Jesse Eisenberg from the Social Network. And then I have to be like, wait, that's not really him. <laughs> and then I think back to Zuckerberg, like, ro- doing, like, the skiing and having, like, the, the white, the, the the really pale face from the sunscreen he's wearing, the mineral sunscreen he's using, making his face really white. But I gotta say, in this picture, he looks—he doesn't look that big, of, like that big of a nerd. <laughs> <laughs>
3: For those all your losers, <laughs> your losers, Sam. Yes. yes. Sorry. I'm it just... doesn't bother you that
0: Zuckerberg could kick your ass too. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it I does just a little the, bit. The, the, he's, a,
3: he's a nerd. The fact that we're spending time saying that he looks kind of cool here. <laughs> he does. He's in a UFC
0: camp. I mean, that's yeah. kind of cool. He's around a bunch of badasses, so. Him and him and Bezos, you get raised
3: up a little bit if you hang out with badasses. You kind of look like a badass too. Him and Bezos both uh, have done their share to get jacked, and you know, they, Bezos is another one who looks like entirely different to me. Um,
0: well, see, Bezos again, all the money in the world. Jack still looks like a loser though. Yeah. Every time I see a picture of him, I'm like, okay, bro. Yeah. This guy's like cosplaying as a cowboy who's cosplaying <laughs> as like Vladimir Vladimir Putin. That's who I feel like every time I see him. I'm like, this guy wants to have that whole aesthetic going. No, Zuckerberg's just hanging out with some bros, being one of the guys. It's kind of a cool picture. (laughs) Because he's being one of the guys. Like, those guys probably don't care how much money he has unless he's funding the whole camp. But they're like, hey, at any moment, we can whip your ass, but maybe also not because you've been training so much, they probably respect him.
3: I don't know. I just think that's kind of a good move for Zuckerberg to just be hanging out in the UFC. A couple quick things to put a bow on winners and losers. Listener posted on X to all of us said I'm not sure you can have a loser's list without including a top ranked team that lost to a team that doesn't even have a head coach so is, I, is that is that about Purdue? I'm guessing he's talking about Purdue and he's probably right to be honest with you.
0: well, you know the guy one guy got hit by a pitch seven times in in one weekend of baseball. another you know group of uh, players got embarrassed in front of all the women because this old ass vampire looking coach is talking
3: about how miserable he is. And then Jerry Stackhouse
0: and and you know, oh, I think Penny losers, Hardaway. Those
3: are good losers. Our losers are good. I think, and also, you know what? We've talked about it in college basketball. This whole deal about top ten teams losing on the road. It's uh, they it's, they still have a losing record this season.
0: I think they're one game under five hundred. But what did Purdue actually lose? I mean,
3: the number no. one overall seed.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But like UConn, UConn was going to be in Boston and Purdue is going to be in Detroit.
3: That's still the way it's looking. So exactly. Like, they
0: haven't really lost anything
3: yet. Exactly. I agree. And then the only other thing I'll add is. I don't know uh, the rules on winners and losers, if you could be a winner and a loser. but Maybe Mark Zuckerberg, kind of a winner and a loser, because Sam kind of a loser. I think he looks kind (laughs) of cool. A
2: winning-looking loser? Yeah.
3: (laughs) C.J. Stroud was also spotted. It wasn't the weekend, but it was the week uh, leaving a celebrity softball tournament with Amber Rose. No, 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 this makes him even more of a loser. No, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. no. Amber
0: Rose, okay, like.
2: He was in the Kardashian suite for the Super Bowl, too, wasn't
0: he? Was he? He's so making CJ, his rounds. If I – Amber Rose is 40, and I'm not being an ageist here, but, like, that's – like 22. That's borderline <laughs> pedophilia. Like, I mean, like, I know it's not, but, like, she's 40, and he's 22, 23. Like, that does not make him a winner, be hanging out with a 40-year-old. What is she even anymore? She's a I model, mean, model and rapper. Come I've by. never heard her rap. When does she rap? Um – because she was with Kanye and Wiz Khalifa, and they never put her on a track. So young, they, young Jeezy. It was young she has Jeezy. a song with Young Jeezy. Okay, yeah. well either way, I don't think of her as a rapper, and I don't think that made C J Stroud look cool hanging out with her. Again, I have nothing against forty year old women. I'm just saying, if you're C J Stroud, maybe do better. You know what I mean? And, and at least find you a normal forty year old woman. That just loves you for you and doesn't love you for the attention. How about that? So, in your book, he's a
3: double loser, basically. You know, I didn't have a problem of it. How did, how did he play in the celebrity game? I don't know. I know he loves basketball. He's talked about that before, that that's, that was really his first love. And, and he had talked
0: and, about how he, like, dropped 30 on Jaime Haquez in, like, a state tournament game or something, like,
3: in, in high school. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit, I saw, very, I saw okay. little, very little of that game. So. I don't
0: think he's a loser for that unless he, like, looked bad playing. Just worried about him
3: getting hurt. Well, if I – think about think about Dre Greenlaw running off the field <laughs> sure. and blowing out an Achilles. So okay. If you're a 49ers fan, you're like, really? This,
0: these guys are out here playing basketball. Michael Parsons <laughs> out here dunking on people yeah. and, and our guy just yeah. pops an Achilles running onto the field. So, if, okay, so let's see. Let's compromise here. The loser in this scenario is really Texans fans because yes. they had to be so terrified. And also, like, I would be really terrified about the Amber Rose thing too. Because my quarterbacks live in the celebrity lifestyle. <laughs> after one year, I mean, you gotta come back and you gotta you, you gotta keep building off of that. You don't want to become too big of a celebrity where you're not, you know, putting in the work and focused.
2: He was staying so humble all year too. Right and yeah. now he's on his celebrity tour and once the offseason season. And
3: dates. that was uh, Travis Scott's celebrity softball tournament. Nothing good happens with uh, Travis Scott events in Houston. Clearly.
0: No, and there you go. There's more Kardashian ties, right? Because Travis Scott, he's with you know with one of the Jenners for a while, right? So I mean it's.
3: So, right. C.J.
2: Stroud's a boss. is yeah. kind of what we're yeah. saying,
3: I guess. <laughs> I, I hate C.J. Stroud. <laughs>
0: you know, you don't I'm see Will bum. Levis doing this. You see nope. Will Levis locked in and, and focused.
2: I actually saw a video of Will Levis this weekend. Someone posted it, and they were like, who's winning the Super Bowl? And he looked hammered, and he was
0: like, it's the Titans, baby. <laughs> <laughs> come on, get the camera out of the guy's face. I know, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Does he not have any friends? Be like, hey, come on. Come on, guys. Get out of here. Uh,
2: right. no, I had a winner that I, I forgot to mention, uh, Aaron Gordon. Nikola Jokic got got asked by a reporter uh, who on the team that he that he would trust with their with his horses. Uh-huh. And he paused for like a minute and he was like Aaron Gordon. A
0: thoughtful answer. That's yeah, exactly. Good job by that reporter getting a hard-hitting question Right, there. you can't get much from Jokic. All right, send us to break. We will uh, wrap up this Monday edition of the Morning Show. Stick with us on Fan Run Radio. So what I've learned so far today is that Indiana State and C.J. Stroud are both very similar in terms of they had good starts to their career slash season, and then they let the fame and success go to their heads because Indiana State got ranked. You two have been slobbering all over them for the last month, and then they lose two in a row, and C.J. Stroud goes from quarterback everybody wants to, okay, maybe slow down with uh, the off-the-field stuff, so. Okay, that's what I've learned so far.
3: I don't know why Sam likes him so much. I'm an alum, so, you know, it's <laughs> like uh, Sam's the one with the problem. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah,
2: maybe I just like mid-major basketball <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah,
3: exactly. All right, start following, uh, you know, Appalachian State. Yeah, I'll find, I'll Between find a Between that year. and Little ZD, I think you just like mid-basketball too much. Not well, even Bob, Bob's just, the
2: Little ZD guy. Kinda. I am. Really, I, was, I, was, I was appreciative of him, I guess. I, yeah. you know,
3: I have to say, I was scurrying the stats and that Kentucky Auburn game going, did did Big Z play? And he played one minute. Yeah. He got in one minute. I was watching. Yeah.
0: Not good for the uh the Johnny Boom uh Broom uh SEC Player of the Year campaign either. I didn't think he was very good in that game either. No. Not very impactful. I
3: love how everybody talks about K D. Johnson though too. It's like he's just such a reckless train re- you know, he's just out there all the time just jacking up shots and you can never question his effort, but it, it just always feels like it's out of control. He had
0: his own two-minute montage of, of him missing shots and, like, airballing big shots and missing shots badly. He he was bad. He was bad. He went, what, 3 of 10 from the field? Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, Johnny Broom's stats, 14, 11, were fine, but I just thought he was kind of overmatched in terms of, of dealing with Kentucky. 59 points.
3: Now – he goes by – and I know that's how it's spelled. He goes by Janai Broom. Janai? Uh, okay. What am I calling him? Johnny. Johnny. I mean, it looks like
0: that. I yeah. mean, can't fault you for that. Either way. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> did he go by Johnny ever? I feel like it was Johnny a couple of years ago. Never mind. <laughs> Either way, Broom, uh, I didn't think, had a great weekend. What else did we missed from this weekend? So, I saw that on the bottom line – and the news that CBS and NBC are talking about taking Peacock and
3: Paramount and merging them together. Yeah, a little Media Monday stuff. And I think there's got to be a belief that the motivator of this was the whole uh, Fox Disney. Um, what's the third one? Fox Disney. Oh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, randomly TNT hopped in there too. Yeah, the streaming super team. Um, yeah, uh, there's there is chatter out there. You know, Paramount's got a, a handful of people making offers and overtures to buy them, but and I don't so I don't know if this is gamesmanship or what. But there's this whole notion of taking the Paramount Plus app and the Peacock app and combining them. And you think about it from a live sports play, it's pretty intriguing because they have a lot of the things that the other three the trio that announced their streaming product they don't have. And I wonder if it was just a re- response basically to that because they were like, look, we got to get together in this game or we're, we're not going to win. Um, and what's interesting <clears throat> in all of this is going back again to the Disney, Fox, Warner Brothers Discovery super team, as I keep calling it, what we've learned in the past week and a half, this is this was announced like two weeks ago, but what, what we've learned is all the professional leagues that hold the rights that these ma- media entities covet, they were not consulted on this. So you've got Goodell telling his legal team to go in and scour the contract to see if they have any recourse. You've got Adam Silver telling Pat McAfee. Um, I heard about it about the same time everyone in the general public did. Um so this is not feeling great, and now now there's also talk that perhaps what's going on with uh, because of Bob Iger and Disney's ambitions for the ESPN app is that they may just be doing all this as a play to a satisfy their stake their stockholders their shareholders because they all have earnings reports to talk about, and also to just do kind of a test run. You know, Rupert Murdoch did this a while back with a with a newspaper, an electronic newspaper called The Daily. And it was really just kind of a test run to see if there's some sort of way forward to beat traditional newspapers. And there's talk that maybe that's what's going on with this, uh, this streaming, the sports streaming service. So what's fascinating to me is watching what Paramount and Comcast slash NBC are doing in terms of having this conversation and how serious are they is it is it really just gamesmanship and the whole notion is I find it hard to believe that any of this stuff is going to be ready by the fall of 24 which was what was originally uh, announced so with CBS and Peacock or CBS yeah CBS
0: and Peacock Paramount and Peacock is it just basically uh, an enemy of my enemy is my friend type of thing? Like, hey, we have to kind of stand here and at least somewhat, yeah, combine what we have. That's to what, survive.
3: Yeah, that's what's happening on both sides. I mean, there's you know you could argue that um, the three the threesome that got together a couple of weeks ago they're they're more enemies than ever, and so the fact that they're doing that, it's just I find it very reactive. I think they're all doing this quite honestly, in some level of preemptive, I wouldn't call it fear, but trying to be preemptive against the tech companies and not letting them get a crack at trying to own streaming down the line. So you think the Paramount and Peacock partnership is all, or mostly sports driven? I think so. Because okay. Paramount also has this whole kind of iconic, legendary IP piece for films and everything else. I find it interesting. I don't know if they'll be a part of that. You know, it, it's it seems to me that it's definitely sports driven. Okay. And it could allow maybe Paramount to stand alone if these other two entities merge and create some sort of sports streaming business. Paramount could still stand alone as a quote unquote studio, and a creator of film and television.
0: Well, I was gonna say for now, like Showtime is the, Showtime and Paramount merged and became one. Right. Which I appreciated. So I guess I figured that that was just going to stay intact. Although, I don't know, I, I like both Peacock and Paramount. I would like if they would merge and maybe just offer one for $15 a month and I could save six or seven bucks if they just did, you know, just one big one. I don't know.
3: I swear it feels like it's going back to just versions. It's just – it's like – cable tv all over again yeah. you know it's all it's all coming around it's it's kind of exhausting honestly to watch but i agree with you there's got to be some way forward to simplify it um and man hopefully save consumers a little bit of money
0: all right anything else we missed today sam that we needed to get to from the weekend any stories out there any previewing we need to do of the night uh, ahead of us i know we talked a little bit about houston iowa state
2: yeah, that'll be a good one. I think that is something to watch, and I think you know, kind of Bob touched on it a little bit earlier, but I do think it is something to watch in kind of Houston on that a uh, little bit of a short turnaround, obviously, and they got a, a tough stretch of games here. Obviously, they blew out Texas, but then you got Iowa State, and then they got uh, they got Baylor on Saturday as well. So you got a an upcoming stretch here for for Houston that's pretty important. Other than that, though, there's not a. Not a ton.
3: Virginia at Virginia Tech, which I find interesting. Virginia's ranked. Virginia Tech is like a 500 team, yet they are favored at home. That kind of speaks to what people think of Virginia, apparently, on the book side. We call that a system play. That means to take Virginia Tech at home
0: and if they're favored. Yeah.
2: I feel like we were just talking about Virginia kind of dying off in the ACC and Tony Bennett not being around, and then they've kind of revived themselves a little bit here.
0: Three-and-a-half-point favorites at home like over Virginia. That, yeah, usually that means that the team that's unranked and favored is going to come out on top there. All right, so we got a little college hoops tonight, a little Monday Night Raw. Daytona 500, Bob, you got a pick? <laughs> no. How many current NASCAR drivers do you think you can name? Um, I don't know, five maybe. Yeah. That's about the number I think I could do these days too. I got into it during COVID, but I I swore it off because I was gambling on it and my guy was up by like eight seconds with like six laps laps to go at Pokemon He he wrecked. He was a runaway winner and he wrecked.
3: And I was like, that's it? I'm never watching this again. No more betting on it. That guy that hosts the 10 o'clock show, he knows his NASCAR. He's got a show about it. That's true.
0: If you are looking for your Daytona 500 preview, the GI Jake show is probably just about as good as anywhere to listen. You can hear it up coming after us. Stay locked in on Fan Run Radio.